So we're in the midst of a series that is titled Red. And Red stands for Remember Every Day. We got to remember every day the promises of God in our lives. We got to remember every day what He's done and what He's going to continue to do. We have to remember every day that He will never let go of us. Today is part number four. And in the first week, we spoke about the fact that as believers, we are called to live at a higher standard. See, you and I are called to live at a higher standard than what the world does in our world, in the system, right? Jesus said, you've heard that it was said, blank, but I tell you this. For example, one thing he said was, you've heard that it was said that you shall not commit adultery, but I tell you that if you even look at a woman lustfully, you already did it in your heart. In other words, you're called to live at a higher standard. He said, you've heard that it was said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth, but I tell you, you got to love your enemies. you got to bless those that hurt you. you got to pray for those that try to use you. He called us to live at a higher level at a higher standard. We talked about overcoming temptation. Did you know that temptation is not a sin? The Bible says in the book of Hebrews that Jesus was tempted in everything, yet without sin. Temptation is not a sin. When you fall into it, that's where their sin is. And many times the devil has us confused with that, and we feel shame just because we were tempted. But temptation is not a sin. And we spoke about overcoming it. The Bible says to flee from it. The Bible says to pray through it, to pursue God. That's how we overcome temptation. And if we're smart, we just don't put ourselves in that situation. Come on, I I gave an example, and and I've given this example multiple times, but do you know how I overcome the temptation of having ice cream at 3 in the morning? I don't buy it. Because if there's ice cream in the fridge and Samantha wakes up and now I'm awake, some chocolate ice cream might hit the spot. And the temptation comes, but if I want to lose some weight and I can't eat ice cream at three in the morning, guess what? I don't buy it. And then the devil tries to tempt me because you walk into Publix and the favorite ice cream is buy one, get one free that week, right? <laughs> It's a good deal. BOGO. Buy one, get one. But no, you got to decide to not even put yourself in the place where you can fall in temptation. So we talked about the fact that we have to remember, the fact that we can overcome the temptation. Last week, we talked about a doozy, which was forgiveness. Everybody wants forgiveness, but many of us don't like to give forgiveness. And we have to learn that we need to forgive and forgive others. Now, like every week... We've started with a little skit, and today's no different. So I just want you to stay tuned to what we're going to learn through this uh, little skit. Hi, welcome to Red Fitness. How can I help you? Here's my card, my membership. Oh, the membership card. Here we go. All right, you're good. Have a good workout. Thank you. Hi. Hi, welcome to Red Fitness. Can I have your membership card, please? Here you go. Thank you. Oh, great. Oh, I remember you. I've been seeing you a lot. You've been coming here every single day. Yeah, every day for like a month. But honestly speaking, I don't yeah. notice a difference whatsoever. Well, I haven't weighed myself, but I'm going to keep going until I see something. I mean, okay, hmm. well, I guess have a good workout. Good luck with that. Hi, everybody. It's me again. Say it with me. Diane, Josephine, Barbara, Julie Rivers. But my friends call me... 
Betty. And as all, you all know, I can't help myself but try to help others and encourage them. And it looks like that lady needs some words of encouragement. But it doesn't matter. Today I could do it because I'm not working. So I have all day. Well, I'm going to go work out. Look. Hi, is this Basin? No, no. Okay. You know, I couldn't help overhear a conversation what? with that young man. Oh, I know. And I, I wanted to show you something. Okay, what, what are we going to do? It's not an exercise, it's the Bible. Oh, okay. I don't even like to exercise. Oh. <laughs> it says here, For my soul, trust in you, and the shadow of your wings will be my refuge. Trust in him, don't trust what others say, and cry out to him. Psalms 57, 1, 2. All right, well, thank you. I will keep on going. Oh, yeah. That was a lot of... Working out, picking up that Bible. I'm going to go drink some water. Oh, okay. I'm going to keep working out here. Back at it again? Yeah. You haven't even lost a pound. Are you sure you know what you're doing? Well, you know what? I'm not giving up because I know that I'm going to keep going until I see my miracle, until I see something happen because I feel better anyway. So. Keep well, going. whatever. <sighs> you go, girl. Yeah. You keep on. I'm going to keep on. Do you know that the Bible is full of people who didn't give up praying until they found their miracle? So you keep going. Okay, I will. Well, thank you so much. What's your name, by the way? Um, my friends call me Betty. Oh, okay. Thanks, Betty. Well, I'm going to keep working out over there. You again. Oh, man. Have you been reading your Bible? Why do you have to hit me every time you see me? Have you been reading your Bible? Yes, I've been trying since you told me. Well, in my church, they're giving out these bands. It's red. Read, read your Bible every day. Okay, Try to remember. thank you. Let me tell you something. This Betty is incredible. We thank Betty, man. Bet Betty is everywhere, right? And she's just bringing encouragement to everybody left and right. We all hear voices, voices from crowds and voices from people that tell us things like, you're not good enough, you can't make it, you're a mistake, you're a failure, you're not worth it. Voices that tell us things like this young lady who was going there is like, but why are you even doing this? You should just give up. You haven't even lost a pound. And these voices come, and the question I want us to think about is what voices do we listen to? What do we do when we hear all these different voices? Because we have to get to the point that we can push aside every single voice to follow the voice of the master. We have to push aside the voices that tell us you're not worth it, the voices that tell us you're not good enough, the voices that tell us you can't do it, and follow the voice of the master. Go to Mark chapter 10 with me this morning. Mark chapter 10. Mark chapter 10. When you've got it, say amen. Mark chapter 10. Somebody was quick. They must have been here in first service too. They already knew where I was going. Mark chapter 10. Starting in verse number 46, it says this. Now they came to Jericho. As he went out of Jericho with his disciples and a great multitude, blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, sat by the road begging. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, 
he began to cry out and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Then many warned him to be quiet, but he cried out all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. So Jesus stood still and commanded him to be called. Then they called the blind man saying to him, be of good cheer, rise, he's calling you. And throwing aside his garment, he rose and came to Jesus. So Jesus answered and said to him, what do you want me to do for you? The blind man said to him, Rabboni, that I may receive my sight. Then Jesus said to him, go your way, your faith has made you well. And immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus on the road. So a couple of things that I want to talk about this morning here when it comes to blind Bartimaeus. See, the first thing that we see Bartimaeus do is that he cries out to Jesus. I mean, sitting on the side of the road begging, he can't see, and he hears that there's a commotion. He hears there's something going on. So he's like, what's the deal? What is it? And they're like, it's Jesus. And so he starts screaming, son of David, have mercy on me. And what happened when he screamed out, son of David, have mercy on me? The crowd begun to shush him, right? Reminds me of the guy from home, shh, with the shusher. You guys, anybody has little kids know what I'm talking about with the movie home? Yes? Please don't leave me all out here by myself up here. You know the shusher? Yes? No? Maybe? All right. Go watch home. It's very funny. They're like, shh, be quiet. Don't say anything. Don't call out. But that didn't stop him. Actually, it inspired him to get up and cry even louder, cry out even more. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. So the first point I want to talk about this morning is the fact that you and I need to cry out to God when we're in the midst of something. We need to cry out to him. We need to go out there in desperation and cry out. And even when the voices come, we need to continue to cry out to him. And then it gets me to the second thing, which it's kind of like an obvious thing and it didn't make a lot of sense. But if you think about it, Jesus, he stops, right? Jesus hears his name and he stops and he calls for him. It reminds me of the woman with the issue of blood. The Bible says she had been bleeding for 14 years, had spent all her money on doctors and had not been able to find a cure. So she goes to Jesus and there's a multitude, there's a crowd. So the Bible says that she makes her way through the crowd to get all the way to the front where Jesus is and she only touches the hem of his garment because she purposed in her heart, if I only touch him, I'll be made whole. So she goes all the way to do it. And what did it cause? She was healed and Jesus stopped and said, who touched me? These two instances where we see the person crying out. Bartimaeus physically cried out. The woman with the issue of blood cried out by making her way to the master. They cried out. And in both cases, it stopped Jesus to stop. Now, Jesus stops and says, bring him. So the crowd's like, all right, man, cheer up. She called you. I mean, he called you. He cheer up. So they bring Bartimaeus and Jesus asked the most mind boggling question I've ever heard of. Jesus asked the blind man, what do you want me to do for you? I mean, if I was Bartimaeus, I might've been a little sassy and be like, dude, what do you think? 
Where are you? All right, what do you think? No, no, Jesus asked them, what do you want to do for me? Bartimaeus didn't say, it's obvious. Bartimaeus didn't say, well, I I want you just to help me out. I mean, he had been at the corner begging. No, Bartimaeus was specific. He said, I want to be able to see again. I want to receive my sight. And that leads us to point number two, church, when we cry out to God, we have to be specific. You have to be specific. I mean, if you go buy a home and you ask a realtor to help you out, they're like, okay, what are you looking for? I'm looking for a house. Okay, great. Okay, how many bedrooms? How many bathrooms? What square footage? What's your price range, right? I mean, the realtor's gonna go on the MLS, is gonna start looking for stuff, or she's gonna start looking for stuff, and if you're looking, I mean, if you're seven people in your family, you can't get a one bedroom. I mean, it just don't work, right? And so, what is it that you have to do? Is you have to be specific. This reminds me of something that happened recently. My, my dad and my stepmom, they were out of olives at the house. And so my dad asked my stepmom to go get some olives. And so she showed up at the house with this. Do we have it there? That's a lot of olives. Now, whatever amount of olives she would have brought, she would have been right. Because he wasn't specific. She could have showed up with a little mini jar with three olives inside her, gone somewhere and stolen three olives from a salad bar and brought them home, right? Like she could have brought in three olives or a container with about 8,472 olives. That's where we lost count. No, I'm just kidding. There wasn't a being specific. And in your request to God, the Bible says, let your request be known to God. You have to be specific. You can't just be like, oh God, just whatever it is you want. I mean, we have this conversation in houses all around the world. Watch, watch, watch. You all know where I'm going with this. Watch. Hey, honey, what do you want to eat for dinner today? Whatever you want. How about pizza with, you know, pepperoni and garlic bread? Oh, no, no, I don't want pizza today. So, so, so honey, what do you want to eat tonight? Honey, I already told you, whatever you want. All right, let's, uh, uh, um, do you, you want to go to Rio Cristal? Come on now. Steak, fries, a mountain of fries. You know what I'm talking about? Rio Cristal. Oh, no, 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 no. I don't want fries today. Honey, what do you want to eat tonight? Right? And the crowd said, it's the, it's the thing in every house around the world. It's like, just tell me what you want. Like, it's going to be a lot faster. And I start getting hangry, and we're taking seven hours to figure out where we're going to eat. Like, you know, like, it's not going to work very well. Be specific. And in our prayer time with God, it's not just go to him and be like, oh, just, just, no, 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 be specific. You are allowed to be specific with God. Oh, but the Bible says that he knows what we need even before we ask. It's true. There's a verse that says that. It says that he knows even before we ask. But it still says to ask and seek and knock. You know, let me, let me tell you something. I know that my daughter wants milk. I got a one-year-old at home. But guess what? When she wakes up at two in the morning sometimes and I go and I get her out of the crib and I'm trying to soothe her and get her to fall back asleep, all of a sudden she'll bust out and say, Lechita. (laughs) 
Now, I know that if I get her milk, she's going to probably fall asleep quicker, but I got to wean her off of that at some point, right? So I just go get her and I'm putting her to sleep. But when she is specific, she's like, no, I want my, or, or, or she's finding the little doll. Like right now she's into the little LOLs, she's, you know, and she's, and she's trying to go to sleep with all these little LOLs inside of a little Minnie Mouse purse. It's hilarious. And so she, she was sleeping, she, she went to sleep and, and she fell asleep with it and we put it, but now we picked her up and she's like, LOLs, LOLs, LOLs. She's being specific. In other words, she's telling me, I'm not going to fall asleep until I have my stinking dolls, right? And we are allowed to be specific to God because he's our father. So we got to cry out. And when the voices tell us to stop, to be quiet, to not do it, we have to even cry out louder. And we have to be specific. Specific. This whole thing of whatever you want, whatever you want. But then we're not happy with what we got. And then we have to say things like, you get what you get and you don't get. Yields our parents in the room. <laughs> Be specific. Cry out to God. Silence the voices. Be specific. And then it leads us to what Bartimaeus did. Look, Jesus asked Bartimaeus, what is it that you want me to do for you? The blind man said to him, Rabboni, that I may receive my sight. Then Jesus said to him, go your way. Your faith has made you well. And immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus on the road. You know what I've seen way too many times? People cry out to God in the midst of despair, get the miracle they need and say, peace, see you when I need you again. Bartimaeus didn't receive his miracle and take off another way. It says he immediately began to follow him. And if you read the very next chapter, do you know what he got to follow Jesus to? The triumphal entry. Today's Palm Sunday. Bartimaeus, because he received his miracle and decided to immediately follow Jesus got to witness the Messiah riding on a colt where everybody cried out to him, Hosanna, son of David, Hosanna, he who comes in the name of the Lord. They all got to cry out. But you know who the first one was that cried out, son of David? Bartimaeus. When he was there begging in a corner and cried out, son of David, have mercy on me. No, 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 no. Don't tell me to shh. Son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stopped. He was then specific. I want to receive my sight. He didn't say, I want to see a little. I want to see out of my left eye. I want to at least be able to kind of like, you know, figure it out. No, no, no. I want to receive my sight. 2020, see perfectly. Jesus said, your faith, your faith has made you faith. Church, we need to remember every day that we have to cry out to God, that we have to be specific. And church, we need to follow him. Follow him. 
You know one of my favorite parts of the story of the woman with the issue of blood? I'm going to backtrack a little bit. It's not her story. It's the story that you read a couple of chapters later, where it says that Jesus walked into a town, and when people saw that it was Jesus, they lined up all their sick people on the street, and they went to the disciples, and they said, hey, can Jesus walk by here and just let the sick people touch the hem of his garment? Why on God's green earth would a town where he was not at when the miracle happened, why would they request such an absurd question? Hey, just just line up the people and have him walk by. And all we need is the people to touch the hem of his garment. You know why? Because that woman that received her healing started telling everybody around her, all I did was touch him. All I did was touch him. All I did was get through the crowd and touch him. And when you and I get to that point and we understand that we need to cry out. We silence the voices. We fight for what we need. We're specific with God. And then we start to follow him. Not only do you receive your blessing, but people around you, they begin to follow too. Man, I'm not into multi-level marketing. I'm going to just preface this by saying that. I'm not into multi-level marketing. I don't believe in it. I don't propone it. I, I just, I'm just not into it. We can have a math debate about it later. But anyways, one thing I'll tell you about people that sell products such as Herbalife, and if you use it and it works for you, praise God, that's great. Every single one of them walks around wearing a button. Ask me how I lost weight. I've lost 30 pounds. I've lost, have you seen the people with the button? You know what they're doing? They're telling people, it worked for me. Ask me how so I can get it to work for you. It's, it's how it works. It's what they're doing. But this is what we do as Christians. God, help me. God comes, delivers. And then it's like, Shh, let me not tell anybody because I don't want anybody to know that I struggled with something. It takes us to shame, right? I don't want anybody to know what I was going through. I want anybody to know what was this. What are they going to do? What are they going to think? What are they going to say? And so we begin to cower off. We begin to go off into a corner. We go on to different directions. And that's not what we're supposed to do. Jesus gave the greatest commission to everyone that follows him. Go into all the world. Preach the gospel. Tell everybody what I've done. It's not just a preacher or a pastor that's supposed to preach the word. It's every single one of us. And as a matter of fact, the majority of our preaching is not with our mouth. It's how we behave, how we act. It's how we treat people, how we deal with people, how we do stuff, how we drive. I've given you, I've told you guys that story before. I, 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 um, I drive very well now. I've always been a good driver, but I used to drive a little faster than I should. And, uh, and I remember I, I, I had a, um, my, my graduation gift uh, from, uh, from my parents, from my dad, and, um, was a uh, Regley's car. I got, I got to her, her MX-6 and she had it decked out. It was cherry red, sunroof. You know, at that point, if you had a CD player in the trunk that had six, I mean, you were, you were Mac, right? Like you were, you were doing well, right? So I remember, you know, like, I mean, you had to go to the trunk to change the CDs, but hey, it, it, you could change it from a little remote in your car. I mean, and, and I used to drive a little faster than I should. But I had it decked out. I had these nice stickers that I would put on the back. It had like a cross and a thing. And one day I'm teaching Sunday school. And this parent comes up to me and is like, hey, I saw you I saw you this week. Oh, really? You know, you didn't say hi. He's like, I, I couldn't. You cut me off going about 80 miles an hour and kept going. 
Jesus, take the wheel. No, that song hadn't come out yet. Um, you're teaching my kids Sunday school, but you're driving like a lunatic. You know what that taught me at a very young age? Everybody's watching. I need to remember that every day. Everybody's watching. Your children, they're watching. Your spouse, they're watching. Your coworkers, they're watching. Your boss, they're watching. The people at, at, at the counter, wherever you might be, they're watching. So what do we need to do? We need to preach the gospel, not just with words, but with how we act, how we behave, how we conduct ourselves. And we need to do what Bartimaeus did. Cry out. Silence the voices. Tune them out. We need to be specific with what we want from God. And we need to follow him. Wherever you go, God, I will follow. Wherever you tell me to go, I will go. I will follow. I will go and I will do what you tell me to do. God, I will follow. Church, if we do that, we're going to be able to change our city. What can I do? What can one person do? It reminds me of that, 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 that old Chinese, I think it's a Chinese parable. I don't remember exactly, but it's a story of this little boy that's walking around the shore. And there's all of these starfish that had been washed on the shore when the tide went back. And this boy's there and he's getting the starfish and putting them back in the water. But there's like thousands of them. And this man looks at him and is like, what are you doing? He's like, I'm trying to put these back. They're, they're here. They're going to die. I, I need to put them back. And he's like, but look how many thousands there are. It's only one of you doing it. You're not going to make a difference. And the little boy looks and says, in the life of that starfish, I made a difference. And if every single one of us remembers every day to make a difference in the life of one starfish, we'll save them all. Jesus didn't come up with this huge scheme of how to spread the gospel. He gave a simple instruction. All of you, go and tell people. And so I challenge you as the worship team comes back up to the altar. I challenge you, as we're in this series, read, remember every day. Remember that we are called to live at a higher standard. Remember that we can overcome temptation. Remember that we must forgive. And remember to continue to cry out. Oh, but I asked once, it should be enough. No, continue to cry out. Cry out. You know, one of the things that stands up the most for me, I can even show you, I have it highlighted here in my Bible. In verse 47, it says, when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth. Do you know why many Christians live defeated lives? Because they haven't truly heard what's part of the contract as a child of God. Because they haven't truly gotten into what the scripture says. And they don't understand that God promised to deliver you. That God promised to heal you. That God promised to restore you. That God promised to never leave you. That God promised to never forsake you. They don't understand that it says in the book of Hebrews chapter 13. 
that Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Church, I challenge you, remember every day. Remember every day.